0: Mm-hmm. And welcome to the Monday Lorians, a casual podcast discussing all things Star Wars on, you guessed it, a Monday. Except maybe this week. Um, We're exploring the stories, themes, and characters of Star Wars, and have a lot of fun along the way. Some might say too much fun. Uh, And welcome to our fourth episode of our Obi Wan discuss Obi Wan Kenobi discussions, talking about the fifth episode of Obi Wan Kenobi. The limited series, now streaming on Disney Plus, and my name's Jake, I'm your host, and I'm joined by...
1: It's Niall. I think we've been we've been together for, is it three weeks straight now? I know I missed the first one.
0: Three weeks straight, that's yeah, it, yeah.
1: We're, we're, this week we're really pushing the definition of casual podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we've, we've, we've like, destroyed our own namesake, but, you know, life's happened.
0: Uh, life's happened, you know. We got chased by, down by an Inquisitor and... Uh,
1: we're, we're a very persecuted bunch. We've used that excuse far too many times.
0: I know, I know. Well, basically, I got on the bus, but then some guy was, like, holding it back so he couldn't leave.
1: <laughs> do you um, know, when you were saying the name of the show there, I was thinking how, how cool it would have been if this was just named Ben. Welcome to Ben. Welcome to Ben. <laughs> ben. Like, quite mysterious, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big fan of Ben. I mean, I do like Ben as
0: well. He's great. Mm. And uh, even you on Zencaster today, you are calling yourself Ben, Nile.
1: I know. (laughs) Oh, the fun we have. The fun we have. Um, How are you? I'm very well. I'm uh, very pumped because this has been, uh, I don't know about you, but I think it's fair to say it's my favorite episode of the bunch, I believe. I think it's just, uh, we'll get into it, but I'm I'm feeling good. You're feeling good. Of time of recording, very confusingly, Tomorrow morning, we're seeing the finale of the show. <laughs> I know, I know. Um,
0: and, you know, not confirmed, but I'm hearing all these, um, you know, uh, rumors and, and whatever you want to call them about this being the longest episode yet. I even, you know, this is, don't take this for word, people, but this is, uh, it said it was going to be like 69 minutes, which if that's true, that's a, that's a juicy episode. It's <laughs> so a saucy sounding talk- episode. I know, I know.
1: Execute so order
0: we'll, 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 69. 69. Well, you were... (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, then. Move along. Move along. along. Uh, Let's get into this episode, the penultimate episode of this limited series. And, yeah, I mean, let's get into it now. What's your overall reaction to this episode? You kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, did you love it, like it, struggle with
1: it? Where are you at? This was like a barnstormer for me, you know? This was... um, It's just really cool. I've always liked, like, Sieges and this was exactly that some siege some negotiation from the man himself uh only only like a few things like at the very end i didn't like but i just love everyone got something to do ned b got something to do uh Leia got something to do oh ned b or ned eight name? B. ned b ned b okay yeah you got you know we got to beat some people up it's always good just great action yeah no i'm i'm really taken with this and it's nice we'll say for like one of the characters who's obviously had a lot of speculation about motivations and such i think it's really delivered on that mm. in just a, such a satisfying way and it's done the thing i always hope these shows do where they like they kind of get you in based off things you know but the things that you like the most are things you didn't expect and i certainly got that this time
0: yeah i mean i'm similar on the wavelength as you um I'm still thinking about it. It's it's definitely, if not my favorite, then it's uh, tied with like episode one. I'm a, I'm a really big fan of that first episode mm. of how that uh, opening the show and setting down the foundation of all the things we're going to be exploring. But uh, yeah, this just gave me spades of what I love about Star Wars. We had General Kenobi negotiating. We had some awesome lightsaber action. We had some. Darth Vader, you know, doing some op sort of force power stuff that everyone's kind of been T- uh, turning
1: into Neo at the end of the Matrix. In, yeah, a it's bit of a so Neo, cool. <laughs> new, or the, even with the Dodgers and stuff <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> um, we got some really powerful themes in here. We got the flashback that everyone wanted. We got, you know, for me, this episode encompasses Obi Wan Kenobi in that patience. You know, like. We will get the answers we've all been craving. We, everything that's all been set up in the show—it's leading to that. We just have to wait to get there. You know, I—you know—we say we don't like talking about some of the fan reaction, but I do think it's—it's it's not just Star Wars. I think it's with a lot of shows now um, that there's this sense of instant gratification with a lot of um, TV shows, in particular. You know, that, that it seems the audience can't quite hold on for that next episode. Um, and I just think that's a bit of a shame because that for me that's part of the fun is the anticipation, the speculation. Oh, what's going to happen next? Is it going to go this way? Is it going to go that way? And then all your sort of questions just go out the door by the end, or you hope so anyway, by the end of the show. And we're getting to that. that This is it. It's all wrapping up. These are the answers that you all wanted. If you just wait a little bit, <laughs> you know, wait a couple of weeks, wait for the whole story to present itself, you'll you'll get the answers you want. So... I'm glad that they decided to take this story in that angle. You know, be patient with this. Be very much like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to take my time. going to analyze the situations and everything. Um, I absolutely loved it, man. Absolutely loved it. The only thing, um, my one criticism, negativity, which it's not so much on the show itself. It's more just the volume in general. Mm. And as I mentioned last week, you know, I'm starting to see the restrictions of it. There are some... Moments in some of the action bits in this episode, where it's not that I dislike the action; it's just that I see the limitations of the volume and what they can do with it. And there's a part of me that feels like this story they're telling could feels almost bigger <laughs> than a streaming service, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I know we've talked about it was once a movie and all of that sort of stuff, but there is a part of me that's like watching this on my TV. I'm like, man, what I would give to see this with like. Just that film budget and seeing this on a big screen, what that would be so epic.
1: Do you know so what? That's just my one criticism. Yeah, because uh, I think I, I said some similar things like about that. Was it in the last episode, or I'm not sure. I, I
0: think it was episode three where it was the Darth Vader one. Yeah, that's
1: right. And yeah. I've actually had a, a slight change of heart, and I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying you're wrong because <laughs> I think we're both very much on the same page. But pardon me now because it. it this more than anything has created a distinction between the films and the shows is I'm now starting to look at the shows more like the Flash Gordon serials that inspired the movies because you go back and watch shows they're obviously cheap because of the time they're made so almost like I buy into the cheapness as part of this like weird meta thing I know it's not intentional this is purely just how I kind of sell it to myself you know Mm -hmm. because even things like and I love this I love that they don't they didn't de-age them for that flashback. Yes. They just they gave him a mullet so you know when he is in his life. They gave him yeah, his and, horrible and they, rat tail. Uh,
0: yeah, they gave the rat tail. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's just so much healthier to me and more fun than like the ghost of Luke Skywalker. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get into shows.
0: the flashback a bit later, but yeah. yeah but yeah, that's I'm, a I'm nice thing, because obviously yeah.
1: it was so much more expensive to do that in those shows. And this is just so much nicer just to have two actors. You know we like and know just being in a scene together mm. that is doing some oh well, uh, we'll they're, get into they're, it.
0: you know they're acting they're acting yeah. younger than they actually are, so <laughs> he did not
1: get a computer to voice them no
0: <laughs> it's great, <laughs> it is great i mean so i mean let, let's let's get into it the actual show that the juice mm. of the episode because I can't you know when it first opened and we see coruscant um I actually thought initially, oh. Are we going to see bail? Are we going to see some politics action, some mm. empire stuff? Ooh, what are we going to see? I immediately think it present day. <laughs> you know <laughs> What I mean, and then you see Hay- Hayden and the, the the rat tail. I'm like, oh no, they're doing this. They're doing this. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely loved that from the get go. They were like, you know that flashback you all wanted, people. Well, here it is, right in the the opening seconds of this episode. But um, what what did you think of um? The overall sort of story and the plot and all the themes going on in this episode, because I thought it was very meaty and what was going on here.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. And what I love, I know, I know, I did this a lot last episode, but I'm I'm going to bring up a different TV show again. Oh, is uh the way they use the flashback in this, the way it reflects, this like modern day story, and like the themes carry over it and how the two characters relate to each other, reminded me of how Lost used to do it. Which, um, okay, I, don't know. I
0: haven't seen Lost. So.
1: Oh, I think you'd have a great time. But it's it's wonderful for that, for, you know, having a modern day story but flashing back and you learn why characters make the decisions they do. And it, oh, it's, I love that. This is like the most daring editing, I'll say, that they've ever done in one of their shows so far. By having, like, having it done this way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Really, really great stuff. And... What I love as well is I know I also complained a bit last week because some of uh, Ben's actions didn't quite... It didn't, they ha- well, he hadn't yet gelled into being back into the character we knew, and this is definitely where he he gets his mojo back to steal Paralynts from the great Austin Powers.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's him becoming a Jedi, fully a Jedi, in this episode. Like Even by the end of the episode where they're all talking about, you know, we've lost, they're coming after us. Um, and he's saying, well, I'm going to sacrifice my, you know, give myself mm. up to Vader. And Roken's like, well, he's just going to kill everyone. She's going to have died for nothing. And then he's like, well, that's why I have to stop it. Mm. So he's like made up his mind, I think, by the end. And we'll talk about what's going to happen in the next episode. But yeah, for me, I, I think what was really well done with the flashbacks, I agree with you that everything going on in the flashbacks is all very intentional, to the actual present day storyline from the motivations from vader and obi-wan kenobi and you know we've been sold this tv show as the rematch of the century and whatever we get next week i'm sure it'll be great but for me i was kind of this is what this is the rematch i was kind of more hoping and wishing for the psychological rematch uh, rematch of the century where it's going between the two different perspectives on Anakin's, you know, use of power, while Obi Wan's use of defensiveness and compassion. And I just think it's, it's so good. And how, like, this is the big one I, I thought, which ties in with the flashback overall for what the story's going through, is that which you can't forget. Like, how do you handle the past? Um, I'm I'm going to get into a bit of a thing here, but I just think, you because you have two different sides of like learning from the past versus repeating it. Right? It's very and. The heroes are trying to learn it, learn from the past, not have the same mistakes happen again, while the villains are just obsessing and think they can correct it by doing something in the present day. You know, if I kill this person, um, my trauma will be fixed. Uh, But that never actually is the case. It's the cycle of violence. And I think with Reva's motivation, and I said last week, I was like, oh, where's she going with Reva? I was really a big fan of her in the first three episodes, but episode four sort of stumped me. I was like... I need a bit more coming from her. And for me, it's this vengeance. You know, it's this question of that. Will this make things right? Like she's wounded by Vader physically and emotionally. Uh, So she's hunting him down. We know we get that twist of she's actually after him the entire time. But she's repeating this cycle of violence, you know, inflicting trauma on younglings, families and everyone else there um, uh, just to be an Inquisitor to get close to Vader but one thing I have found really powerful in this cycle of violence is that it's the scene between Kenobi and Reva talking through the door when Kenobi gets her gets through to her and she starts speaking her truth so quietly and hauntingly. She says, "I tried to help them, but I was too weak and mentioned stuff about family. Like that is almost it's a parallel. It's a total mirror to Anakin in the sense that they both saw someone with the power to take life and cause pain. So my response to that is I need to have so much power that I can never lose anything ever again and kill anyone who stands in my way. It's the very reason Anakin is in the Jedi Temple inflicting all those horrors on Reva and the younglings. And she's just repeating that cycle. She's not getting what she actually has to do. She's trying to get back at Vader. And in some ways it can be seen she is doing a good thing if she does get rid of Vader, but it's not coming from a decent place. It's from a place of vengeance it's not for the purpose of defending the people there like Obi-Wan is, it's just vengeance. And because of vengeance, it's, like it's this cycle of violence that she keeps repeating and she's never going to get out of. And again, by the end of the episode where you know Vader stabs her and she gets the little thing from, the little uh, sort of uh, um, hologram from Bale and stuff like that, she's like, no, I, I, I'm going to do this and stick it through. She's just going to end up killing herself. But uh, yeah, what do you think with Reva? How do you think Reva, Reva, sorry, has been handled in the show overall? Uh, now that we're sort of really get, we've found out her full motivation, the full twist that she's after Vader. What do you think of all that?
1: Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of this because she hasn't been predictable, which is sometimes as much as I love, you know, the kind of classic villainy of. The series is sometimes the villain's moves can be predictable as a result, and usually intentionally so. But they've made her, like, probably since um, Kylo Ren, the most like unpredictable villain we've had in this, like, what she wants, what she's trying to do in this internal struggle. And I think it's paid off in spades. I think for anyone who, like, saw the very first scene of the series, probably did work out her backstory. And that's absolutely fine, because this isn't a puzzle to be solved. It just meant that that scene. Now we see the purpose of it. It wasn't just to show again Order sixty six, um, and I. Everything you said there is like spot on in my mind. And one thing I really loved, I was thinking, is she could never succeed, because like Ben was earlier in the show, she's still afraid of this guy. Like she's so scared. Like, and you've, that's the whole thing about the Jedi. Is they need to conquer that to achieve their goals. Really. And so, and she's just still a, the scared, uh, traumatized child she was when it happened, you know? It's, yeah, really, really strong stuff. And such a great idea for a character is someone who wants this revenge. And it does kind of, like you said, y- you almost think, like, maybe there's, like, a Machiavellian do the ends justify the means. Like, if she hurts so many people to stop this guy, who is the worst. Mm-hmm. Which I also appreciate in the show is they didn't... A, a good friend of mine who um, who writes about uh, steroids quite a bit, he um, he was always worried that they're going to try and soften kind of Vader's actions in some way or try and justify them more in that sense because, you know, he, he murdered children. Mm-hmm. And this just tripled down on it it's oh, yeah. this brutal Sh-
0: shows you again him killing children <laughs> from,
1: from the point of view of the children this time it's, i know it's gone hardcore like yeah no it's just really strong stuff and it's nice because i think my my again my only real issues in this are just stuff it's not the, the actual overall plot of story it's just like some little details i can only think of three problems i had with this episode and they're so minor. This okay. Is,
0: a- any of them related to Reva? While we're on Reva, or anything, or oh, a bit? You got some other stuff.
1: I think the only one slightly related to Reva, and it's not. It's not just about her. It's just her fate at the end of this episode, also getting stabbed through the chest. It's just the fact we've seen this happen in this show already to another character, and also mm-hmm. not kill them. It's just. A, it, it's a bit of a funny thing.
0: I, I, I yes, I can see what you mean. Um, I think it's done intentionally. Yeah, but I can see it maybe not a lot, you know, fully working, and maybe they could have executed it slightly differently, or maybe like a different sort of injury or something like that. Yeah, because
1: um, I was kind of thinking at the end, the way Vega leaves her, it's almost like he doesn't even care about killing her, because he, I think he almost like gets off the idea that she's gonna live like miserably with this failure you mm-hmm. know like it's like this ironic fate
0: yeah i also think because you know he knew from the beginning that he yeah. was her he's like well even if you do live you're not my problem you know yeah I, pretty y- much y- your, your fate will be met one way or another mm. um which would be interesting th- yeah because now with where the show's going in the finale episode clearly mm. raver gonna head to, t- to tatooine um <laughs> I don't know. You know, I thought initially maybe her and Grand Inquisitor were going to have like their own little duel and he was going to finally offer it. But who knows? We'll see what happens with Reva. But yeah, on Vader as well, because it's going back to the flashback scene, which is like, it's amazing. I I can't believe they actually did that. And I'm also because, you know, a lot of fans wanted to see the flashback with like the Clone Wars armor and stuff like that, which, you know, I get it. Fans of that show are very passionate, and we and we want, and you know, it would have been. I would have enjoyed that as well to see that, but I do appreciate them leaning more on the Attack of the Clones of it, mm. um, because that is the more iconic look that the general audience will know them as, um, and just having it in that time frame, you know, as well of of he's just coming out of his sort of apprenticeship under Obi wan but he still has a lot to learn, and I think that mirrors that with what's going on between Vader and Obi-Wan in this episode. Um, Because, you know, it's almost like Vader is thinking, I always have him, I'm always more powerful than him, but then he's always got something up his sleeve, you know. And it goes back to this cycle of violence. It's the whole motivation that uh, he can't learn from the past, but I can correct it through sheer will and power. Uh, It all feels to me like Vader's motivation for Kenobi isn't vengeance quite like Reaver's, to me, it's all about Vader's mindset of like, I am the most powerful. I am the master. So how could Kenobi have beaten me? How could he have left me imprisoned in that suit? It sort of, for me, it plays perfectly with the line in The New Hope: "When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master." And rightly so, I think some fans have been very cautious about you know approaching that line in this show because. A lot of headcanon is that they never met in between three and four and that's what that line means. I don't really take it as that literal because if you're going to be literal then you know he, he wasn't his apprentice by the time he left him. You know he was a full-fledged Jedi knight by then. Um, So it's not quite in it, literally like that. I take it more as psychologically he felt like the learner do you know what i mean Mm. um and he and maybe when we we get to him in new hope he's not saying when i left you in the obi-wan kenobi show um it's more like yeah when i left you back during the clone wars i was the learner but now in that time i've become the master you know um he could even maybe think that he's getting that goal in this show that's what i said i think it's just him like I need to be the best. I need to beat Kenobi. There's this surface level, so there's, there's some surface level of vengeance, like we saw in Episode Three. You know, the literally, <laughs> I'm you burnt me. I'm gonna burn you. That's a very surface level vengeance. But for me, it's the deeper psychology of I have to beat you at least once, all the way. How can I be the master if you keep beating me in some way? Um, I think Vader is thinking about that in the flashback fight. You know, trying to correct the past by not having it happen again. But when then that second ship flies off, you almost feel the pain behind the mask of like, damn it, he beat me again. And I just think it plays on to all this of, of being a Sith, of being a, a, um, an evil person and the abuse of power. Look, he has all this power. He has the might of the Empire, all this technology, thousands of stormtroopers. What does it get him? Nothing. We see that in A New Hope. Same thing again in A uh, Empire Strikes Back. When he's walking through the the hoth, hoth base, with all this, he ends up getting nothing in the end. Uh, and I just think it's really powerful stuff going on with with Vader, that he just thinks I have to beat Kenobi at least once to prove I am the master.
1: Um, which I just, th- I just find it really interesting. Well, what do you, what do you think? What, what's going on with Vader for you? It's funny because this idea, like when he was saying it in that the flashbacks, is like you know, this I'm-gonna-win attitude. It's funny, you can tell he came from, like, a, a sporty background on Tatooine. <laughs> he's so obsessed with it. Yeah, with pod racing and all of the other stuff. Yeah, and it's such a fun relationship that as soon as he knows he's alive, it's, like, the one person who who knows him, and it's such, like, it, it must be in his mind all the time knowing he's out there, this person who, who like, humiliated and beat him so badly. It's oh, it's so juicy. And I love how it ends. I really, I'm happy if that's like the last, the closest they get again before A New Hope, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think that's just such a fun place to leave it. Because he's, he's not only lost in that sense, but, you know, Ben's won. He saved everyone. Again. He's yeah. still the hero, you know? Yeah. And I find that really strong. And just leaving him on his own, just surrounded, you know?
0: on his own yeah
1: it's just like the end of empire he's just a sad man on his own like what's he gonna do he's he's lost again um oh yeah sorry i just i blanked on the point i was gonna make no it's all it'll right it'll come back to me there's just oh gosh there's so much to talk about with this there is um yeah no I, we, i'm happy to move on
0: okay okay i tried
1: no that that's cool um
0: yeah, with, with Vader, I just think it's really interesting that, yeah, you make a good point that he's been thinking about this this entire time. This guy just keeps, you know, escaping me, and uh, I, I just think it's really interesting stuff. And I also think in that flashback scene where he says, I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but a uh, sort of like, uh, mercy doesn't defeat an enemy master, um, and I find it really ironic that, um, well, it does because your son did that. <laughs> at the end so you're wrong anakin mercy in the end does uh does defeat an enemy which i, I found that really powerful there um with um, uh, like on the last little bit i i on the sort of the cycles of violence and you know the that sort of stuff i think it's really beautiful and you know and this thread from the hero's perspective like and all the freedom fighters but obviously kenobi and tala the main ones like they're bonding over horrible things that have happened in the past, and, like, we can't forget it. It's real, but we can fight to make them better. Uh, what I take from that, personally, is that let's work hard in the present to learn from the past, not repeat those mistakes, and do everything we can to avoid them moving
1: forward. Well, GJ, they should make a Star Wars movie where that's the theme. I know, I'm sure right? everyone I... would love and understand it.
0: I was just going to say, Niall... <laughs> <laughs> This, it's like poetry, it rhymes (laughs) perfectly with the the themes going on in The Last Jedi. Um, And I just think it's really powerful how they're doing this. Like, it's really meaningful that this escape is linked to multiple atrocities in the past. You know, Tala is specifically comparing it to when she was used by the Inquisitors. And with those marks on her belt that she has, it's like a symbol of not repeating the same, same mistakes. And you have Kenobi directly... Saying to Reva, you know, this is going—is this going to be another order sixty? I love how he says that as well. Order sixty-six. Um, if you know, if you let it, are there there's families and children here? Are you going to let him do it again? You know, the same thing he mm. did to you. Uh, it isn't about reaching back and erasing what happened, Kylo. You better be listening to this. <laughs> it's about moving forward and trying to help as much as possible. Trying not to fail people again, if at all possible. I think Antala and Kenobi are trying to help people in the present because they feel badly about letting them down in the past, not necessarily the same people, but they're not trying to change the past like Vader and Reva. Like, if I kick this person's ass, all my problems are fixed. This is where, this is where the big contrast is between the villains and the heroes, which is why, you know, I know it came out in 2017, but it's why I'm really baffled sometimes that, you know, Kylo saying this of like, you know, destroy the past, kill it, whatever he says. They took that as the director, uh, that as, as that's his opinion of Star Wars in a way, which I was like, are you guys missing that it's the villain <laughs> saying this? Like everything good comes from, from, in my opinion anyway, everything good comes from change and progression. That's, you know, as a species, as a society, that's how we move forward. Uh, being, you know, destroying the past is not going to help because of what you know and we're seeing a lot of that in real life unfortunately you know we're bringing a lot of our own past coming up you know for ancestry and some of the terrible things our ancestors have done in the past and a lot of people's reactions to that is nope nope never happened you know let's just not talk about it sort of thing um which in a way for me that is like burying the past or just
1: past like clinging to it and trying to justify it justify it in some way if it wasn't and you I've... you can say it's wrong you know yeah is like oh you can all move me. on was... yeah.
0: yeah exactly. Uh, no, what you have to do is you need to acknowledge what happened in the past, see where we fucked up. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but that is, you know, see where we really messed up along the way and go, okay, this is where we messed up. Maybe we could just change things this way, learn from the past and move on. And I think that's perfectly encapsulated with Tyler and Kenobi in this episode
1: here. Mm. And also just, um, I love bringing back, even though I... Uh, I've got, I've got to be honest, because I wasn't on the, of course, the opening episode. Mm. Uh, the, one kind of big bugbear I've had in the show, and it's only, it's not been that much, but is the inclusion of Kingo himself, um, Kumail Numjami, Numjani? Sorry. And um, um Who I like, I like him. My only problem is I do feel he's come into this not playing a Star Wars character. I do feel like he is playing, like, one of his comedic personas. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mm-hmm. gel for me. It feels a bit Saturday Night Live, like I've complained with some things before. Because uh, I love the concept of the character. And I love bringing him back and giving him like responsibility, even though it goes wrong. But it's just a nice little thing to tie it all together. Um, yeah. just speaking of characters. and yeah, I always like it when but... a comedic character is thrown into an actual dire situation. I always like to see how they react. And of course it wasn't going to go like, Completely well. He's not. He's no. not that guy. <laughs> I,
0: I do like his line. Uh, this is a great place for business, though. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's still got that bit of scoundrel in him. Um, no, it's interesting you say that because I know you weren't too much of a fan of him. I actually was, and I have no problem with his style of comedy in Star Wars. Like to me, it wasn't jarring or didn't fit. I was like, okay, it's slightly different to what we're used to, but it wasn't quite like the Marvel style of humor, if you know what I mean. I think he did change it up a bit to fit more into Star Wars. I liked his character and I also liked bringing him back in this episode because it also shows development for Kenobi because if you go back to when he, you know, meets him on Dio, he didn't trust him at all and then we get to Mapuzo, and he's like, I should have listened to him. I, I knew I should have, you know, he's like, nobody's here. Um, for him to then, in this episode, give him the lightsaber and you know his <laughs> most prized possessions and to say please look after Leia. Mm. I mean, that shows character growth for Haja, you know, of taking on that responsibility of a guy who probably would have just thrown Kenobi under the bus um, and also shows incredible growth for Kenobi of trust. I mean, come on.
1: Well, my fav- uh, one of my favorite little details in this was his whole thing of when Leia has to plan to go an event, he just immediately backs her up. Get and her the ladder. It, that's like <laughs> just perfect, like really simple way of showing character progression, you know? Nothing too complicated, doesn't need to spell it out to the audience. It's just really nice little detail. And like you just said, and I spoke over you, the, the ladder line, I really like. I that's think so she's just put, that's the best like Carrie Fisherism she did, was that walkway, like, I'm going to need a ladder, you know?
0: Yeah, she she didn't say, can I do that, or oh, I'm going to do that. She just said, I'm going to need a ladder. Yeah. Yeah, she, you know, it, uh, it's, it's really embodying Carrie Fisher. If Carrie Fisher were alive, God bless her, so I think she absolutely would have adored Vivian uh, Lira Blair. Mm. Uh, she's definitely got that uh, that attitude. Um, right, uh, I might go on a, a little bit longer here, though, but this is another one I found um, really powerful. It's um, like, how do you win? How do you why and how do you fight? And then the great Obi Wan line from A New Hope: "There are alternatives to fighting." I thought that was a big theme within this episode as well um, because it's the what, about the, what is the victory conditions? Do you know what I mean? What, what for you de- uh, de- defines a victory? And it's this Kenobi and Vader battle where they're on two paths to victory. It's the sheer power of Vader versus Kenobi's in ingenuity, resourcefulness, seeing the bigger picture, asking others for help. But for me, it all boils down to this big theme across all of Star Wars, which is the rigid versus the organic. You know, people make fun of the teddy bears defeating the Empire, um, but I'm like, well, that's kind of the point. It's, uh, you know, and he, he, George does the same thing oh. in The Phantom Menace.
1: Also, I'm, uh, I'm generally not a toxic fan, but don't come at me with these Ewok complaints. <laughs> oh, man, I, I on, will end love... you. <laughs> no, no, hey, man. Not I'm, you, not I, you. I love Ewoks. I, I'm I love putting my, a warning out.
0: You know, Ch- Chief Chirper. He's my oh, man. He's, like, a dude. <laughs> he's a dude. Um, and I think Tebow's got a bit of a drinking problem, but hey.
1: Well, according to Dave, so do I, but let's Whoa.
0: We'll move on. <laughs> Whoa, okay. He's giving me let's, a roasting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not that Vader can't be crafty like Kenobi, because, you know, he can be sometimes. He is trying, but Kenobi always kind of out him in a way. Um, and I love that establishing victory conditions was the through line of this, as I said. Like, Anakin starts out aggressive, which mirrors Vader attacking the facility. Kenobi loses ground and loses his weapon, which mirrors him literally putting his weapon away and being unarmed in front of Like Both in the flashback and the present day, Anakin thinks he's won, but Kenobi has changed what the game is. Taking Anakin's saber from behind, uh, for me, is really matching Vader marching on the compound and literally changing the ship and laying the trap with Riva. I, also
1: taking Raver's lightsaber later on, exactly. So good. Ah, oh,
0: the parallels, man. I love it. The poetry, mm. um, like the whole flashback. is definitely the deep psychological, uh, psychological stuff between them. But it also boils back to what are your victory conditions? Like I said, what is it going to be a victory for you? And I think Kenobi really defines his conditions pretty early on because he defines the parameter of the fights. That is the goal to work together, defend life, and escape. It's what he's doing in the compound and he's what he's saying to anakin in that sort of sparring match that they've got like he's st- like, i love loved it i only got a big cheer out of me when he you know steps up and takes the leadership um he has that wonderful speech uh, you know if we try to fight them we will not survive but we do not need to fight them we just need to hold them off long enough to get you all out like this is what he's defining as a victory it's not fighting it's about escape escaping to live another day which, again, is a very big theme prevalent in The Last Jedi. All about survival and keeping that spark of hope alive.
1: Not destroying what We're, you hate.
0: Fighting for what you love. Mm. So, yeah, what, what do you think about that? What, uh, that? I've thrown that at you, this sort of... Uh, what are your victory conditions? I, I thought it was really powerful in this episode.
1: Well, I love it because when you think back... And I know, obviously, they didn't do the flashbacks to it. But the main character of this show was a general... In like one of the biggest or the biggest, most advanced armies the galaxy has ever seen. And what did that get him? What did all that fighting get him? It's the opposite of everything he believes in. So I love this as a moment, because obviously this has been a bit a bleak show in character-wise, because he's been in such a place of despair, and his one like hope, or the one thing he's trying to protect, like he's even been like. Just chewed out by this kid's adoptive parents. Yeah, understandable. It's a weird man leaving toys in your doorstep. I, I kind of get it, but uh, <laughs> but it's that's why I'm I, so think, s- I'm.
0: I think my parents would be concerned if some weird, <laughs> exactly, yeah, weird, yeah, weird I mean, old guy is just <laughs> <laughs> he's A crazy just old wizard.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, it's just great. And this this show is like kind of a retelling of the Last Jedi in many ways of like Luke Sarek, and this is like the crate moment. Like this whole mm-hmm. episode is this siege in the space, and and it ends kind of the same way with the one person Vader wants in the universe at that moment getting away Gone. and leaving him looking like kind of a fool, and I think that's it's really clever, and I do hope like because obviously we we both really love Last Jedi, but if you don't like, I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope this is giving you kind of more your more your thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my takeaway. I always want people to enjoy these things, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't... By liking The Last Jedi doesn't equal liking Kenobi and vice versa. Yeah. I, it's more just I'm just bringing up some themes that seem very parallel. and Oh, yeah. Playing in, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you people like what you like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I will say I very much like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um,
1: oh, I will also admit I do too. It's a great It's great. so good.
0: Um, and I also think... Yeah, we'll get on to the, the cool bits of it. You know, the, the battle between Vader and Reva. Although you said you might have some more issues with that bit. But getting to see Vader use the Force in different ways, I definitely thought there was this, like this psychological angle that he just, he just got owned by Kenobi again, you know? So he's like, right, now I got to show Reva who's the master. Because I can do it to Kenobi. Like, there's almost this sadistical joy uh, from him that he could, you know, he can take her out pretty easily. You know, he just uses the Force and snaps the neck or whatever. Mm. But he's going to make her feel it. He needs to feel it. He needs to feel like a master. Like, his actual moves, I almost felt reflected in the flashback with Kenobi with Vader trying to take a little more of the Obi-Wan role in this case. Like, I thought it was really meaningful that he didn't pull out his own blade. He's like, I don't need to take out my blade. I'll just use yours. He fought very defensively for for being Vader, you know, spending a lot of time dodging and stuff like that uh taking her own weapons from her just like Kenobi did in the flashback which I oh, was so good uh and the thing for me a final thought on this is that um i thought it was really intriguing that the question was really raised of what is obi-wan's goal you know because we, we sort of ever since he's found out that anakin is still alive you know vader's out that he is vader and all this I have also been wondering, I'm pretty sure Kenobi's been wondering throughout this season of like, well, what do I want to do with this information? Sort of thing. Um, and like in this episode, it's in this moment, without question, it's to protect these people, protect the path, get into safety, as I said. He teals Reva, t- tells Reva, you know, we want the same thing. Do you re-? And she says, do we really want to see Anakin dead though? Um, you know, the look on Kenobi's face is, I know this question is buried deep in me now, and I know he's alive again. What do I want? I haven't had the time because he's been on the move so much, you know, to really do the soul searching. Like, do I want to kill him? Do I want to try and bring him back? Um, he needs to protect two children. How do I best do that? You know, now he's thinking, I gotta go stop Vader because that's the best way of protecting these two children. Um, he doesn't have the luxury to think about it. And I think that for him, the thought of my personal thought is, I want to try to get... He wants to try to get through to Anakin. Maybe feels a little bit selfish compared to where he's at, which is... He started with, with this I'll protect Leia. But now that he's discovered this path, that there are other good people out there, that the light is dimmed but not forgotten. Again, another great line. He's got to step up and be part of that light again. And his number one thing in this moment is to protect everyone. Um, So yeah, I think it's that as almost... Seeing the Jedi still alive, seeing the light still going, seeing these people who need help has in a way enforced his decision of what he has to do. Um, But what what do you think?
1: I think hmm, it's interesting you said that because I was I was I was thinking this myself watching it and I feel like this is something that the final episode will definitely give a definitive answer on. Because it, it is like he's still, I think, quite unsure what he wants to do regarding Anakin, like you said, in that moment. Because um, there are, and I, I I don't love to do this, but just because I know there are rumours about a season two. So it's almost a thing like, I don't know, maybe next week not everything will be wrapped up and they might keep some of these strands going. I think we've got like a very definitive indication of like where the finale is going to be and kind of... Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I do, on that note, sorry to interrupt, oh, but what? I do. Um, Deborah Chow came out recently. Obviously, she's mm. doing more interviews. Um, she did say that they do, like, she would love to do a season two, that she does have ideas, but this particular season was crafted as one story. They mm. never made this thinking, oh, we could do a season two. So I appreciate she came out and said that.
1: Because cause I do feel like this season will be the Reaver season. Unfortunately, like, I think this. Come what come may, I feel like the next episode will be the end of her. I, yeah, Yeah, we'll
0: get on to what we hope, what's going to happen
1: next year. But that does, I suppose, that then does leave the overarching question of Vader because I'm pretty like they're never going to do Mole, of course. That wouldn't make any sense. And I wish people would stop saying it, please. I know not everyone has seen that show, but just Google it just for me or or you know what or just watch it or you can just watch it it. just (laughs) Just watch that episode it's on disney Plus. like yeah Yeah. (laughs) we've got a whole Wikipedia, and you say this (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no it's really interesting and um i i feel like there's one thing of course that's been set up i think in the first episode of him trying to commune with his old master and i still feel like that is something that we're going to see yet.
0: That's, that's, the, that's going to be the payoff, yet.
1: And I think that will be kind of the, the... that I feel like that will be the moment where we have an idea of what he wants, you know, or what he wants to do with his life from that point. Uh, just... So
0: do you think... Do you think we'll get Qui-Gon before or after the duel?
1: I feel like it's going to be the last thing... I think this is going... Yeah, I think oh, so this, after
0: after the duel then, yeah.
1: If there is a duel, that's the beauty of it, you know. Oh, wow, I, I feel it will because I mean, the final episode. I mean... But.
0: Uh, you know, I don't want to get my expectations too high, but I also feel like there's got to be a duel, surely. It kind of has or to be. Or else Kathleen Kennedy has been lying this whole time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, We we got a well, rematch. We did get a rematch. It just... Um, I wouldn't quite, wouldn't quite say it was of the century, but... Um, <laughs> well I think anyway. Vader would but uh, <laughs> no, I don't he, know I don't think he would he's <laughs> oh, he definitely to, not Kenobi he got
1: to barbecue that old man he Go got him roast pretty good roast marshmallow
0: Kenobi <laughs>
1: that's, his, that's his full name um, <laughs> yeah I'm so, sorry I've gone to the, the next episode but I just feel like this particular one it's that's like right. it's it's a tricky one to answer now mm. you know I think at this yeah. moment I think he is still like afraid of him but he realizes he still understands him. He still knows who he is mentally. Mm-hmm. Like he's not in a way he's like gone in terms of morality to him at this stage. But I think he still like, knows he's still like this same angry dude who makes pretty dumb mistakes. That he is.
0: Um, he's more machine now than man. He's mm. get. he's getting, I think he's getting to that point of mm. that, you know, thought of mine there. Um, Last couple of things, then we'll go into like some other fun stuff. Um, I thought, you know, again, a big theme of the Jedi way. Uh, you know, it's Obi-Wan coming back to hope in this. I think he's he th- he's finally thinking of himself as returning as a Jedi. Like, when we meet him in the beginning, it's not just we lost, but that he's not a Jedi anymore. He's Ben. You know, that, that was his identity. It's not anymore. Uh, but we've seen now multiple episodes where he sees the Jedi symbol... He sees who has survived and is continued to find a way to survive. I Like I said, that quote, the light will fade but is never forgotten. I love that. And I feel as he's, he's remembering that in this episode that now he's not just getting by by taking leadership. Like he gives that Jedi speech. He looks at those robes, uh, chooses to put them back on loud and proud, which I thought, which also was like another Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure I have to buy. Because uh, they keep changing his outfit every episode, I'm like, God damn it! You, you, one.
1: have turned into um, what's his name? Uh, who's who's Smither's assistant in the the Simpsons again?
0: Oh, I yeah, I don't, I'm not a big Simpsons. Oh, so. well, I, they, I know, I know who you mean, but yeah, I don't know the name.
1: The episode where Lisa, I think Lisa helps design a new Malibu Stacy doll, and she's trying to tell all this crowd, it's like, no, don't buy it. It's just got a new hat. And then he stands up. He's like, "But it's got a new hat." And they all bu- bum rush. <laughs> I, I
0: I am that guy because <laughs> every time like there's a slight alteration of a character design, I'm like, "Oh, I've got to get that figure because it's you know it's very specific in that moment." Um, and I love this one because it's the robes without the sleeves. I was like, "That's a cool new look." Um, and I, yeah, I just thought you know he's putting on like he's not putting it on because he's cold either. You know, this is him fully becoming a Jedi again. Um, You know, back to my original point of what he thinks about Vader. I think he's reconnecting to that idea that at its absolute core, what does it mean to be a Jedi? It means to defend life. The whole episode is how can I use what I know about Anakin's psychology to defend the path, to defend everyone here? Um, And I think the Jedi sometimes get more... Stick, then I think they deserve. Like I think the George was intentional in what the story he was telling in the prequels of like how can that sort of systems and governments collapse. He's he. I don't think George is saying the Jedi are all wrong. This is their their failure. I think he's saying no. Look what can happen. Um, but uh, you have to hold on to the true ideals. And I think this is Kenobi in this episode going. I need to really think about what the ideals, what the true meaning of a Jedi is, and that is to defend life. He even says that when he's doing the sparring with with Anakin. Um, So yeah, like we mentioned at the beginning, this is Kenobi fully getting his mojo back, but a different Jedi, a more progressive Jedi than maybe we saw him in the prequels, Mm. if you know
1: what I mean. Uh, Just a quick correction, because I know Dave will kill me. I I think I confused the names of Mr. Burns and Smithers there. Just want to get that out of the way. Smithers, Sorry. that was yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, but that's all like that's all the points I love. And I I, I just love this clever stuff so much more than like flashy things. Cause it might, you know, if we got like a hallway scene of him just taking down people, it'd be like, you know, what what are we getting here really? Cause it's not even in the prequels, it's never really been this character. You know. When he was younger he did headstrong things, like jumping out a window after a robot or mm-hmm. jumping in front of a robot in front of a thousand robots. Around robots, he kind of loses it, apparently.
0: I mean, he doesn't like droids. He doesn't so. like... <laughs> it's a
1: bias. But, um, but yeah. I'd I say one thing maybe is in this episode, because it's got, like you said, the, it feels like a, such a small space, this particular mm-hmm. base, is I can see it's a bit funnily structured in the sense it's him like giving himself, uh, or going to the door, giving himself up, going back and forth quite a bit, which is, I don't know, it's kind of funny. I think it's a good, good use of the space. But it just struck me there, you know? And I lo- I just love, like, that he was doing... He, he kind of wasn't sacrificing himself because he had such a plan in mind, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that, because it's such a... I hate to say cliche, but, you know, for, like, heroic sacrifice, but this is just him playing 4D chess... <laughs> with his old apprentice <laughs> yeah what is that line he has early on he's like oh he he doesn't have the patience for a siege or something he's describing yes,
0: some, something along those lines yeah i
1: like, love how that. do you know <laughs> then you get the I, flashback yeah i do love that i feel like in this show if you'd never seen the older films or you this might be quite a standalone thing in a lot of ways what?
0: this or as in the show or this particular episode
1: this show or this episode as well because i feel like you learn everything about their relationship and who they are as people in this this is like perfectly mm-hmm. distilled and i find that really refreshing because you know we, we can get bogged down in lore and details and this just like in one flashback R- they just ra- they wraps do it, it all up, up. yeah I it's mean, great
0: you know, you make a very good point if somebody said to me never seen star wars mm said can you show me like can you like what is the relationship between anakin and obi-wan like i like, go oh, watch this episode yeah and and you get the full flavor the highs and lows of of their relationship mm. um yeah good stuff man good good shout good good pull there um cool let's get let's go i mean i we we sort of vaguely talked about it in like the story and the themes but let's talk about the actual flashback itself let's talk about canon and lore connections the flashback Niall were you happy overall to see this flashback like you know uh, themes and story aside were you just happy to see these two again in these sort of roles in that prequel setting doing a sparring match what do you think
1: yeah I really like this I know like we said earlier about I think so many people seem to want like Clone Wars specific but did you realize they've had like a quite long-running TV show set in that specific period that they can watch, like, more than any other show or films. They've got more of that than anything. And, um, yeah, so that's why I think it's really fun, going back to this one, because, you know, although we we both like it in our own ways, obviously, Attack of the Clones is still, like, a very contentious film for a lot of people. Mm. Uh, A lot more people like it now, though. It's kind of nice. So that that they set it specifically with who they are then... I love. I love that their characters also do match up. They've not tried to do, which I feel like the Clone Wars show always deliberately tried to do, of show them as like better friends than those specific films did, because they had they choose such specific moments in that relationship. But mm-hmm. they have that perfect like the relationship they have in Clones, of like he is he's kind of a jerk and he's a. <laughs> slightly jerkish master too you know he's got to be to deal with him
0: he's a bit snarky
1: he's yeah. snarky he's so sassy yeah. in that film <laughs> he's so just, sassy it's just screeching at him sometimes but yeah uh, i
0: mean i mean all throughout clone wars as well sassy yeah, kenobi yeah. it was just like
1: yeah more debonair in that slightly more charming, yeah. you know but <laughs> debonair but uh i yeah i love that and it's really cool just to see coruscant again yeah I, d-
0: I love coruscant it's one of my favorite planets
1: yeah because i i was trying to think and we haven't Seen it in live action. I might be wrong. Since that one flashback in Rogue One, where you barely see it.
0: Yes, I think I think you're right. I'm because they were the the original Colin Trevorrow, 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 Jurassic Man. The the Jurassic Man. Um, <laughs> his, you know, uh, scrap script for when he was originally doing Episode Nine. Uh, they were going to go to Coruscant then, weren't they?
1: Yeah, and that was apparently the reason why the kind of, uh, like, literature and comics and whatever around the time didn't really touch it, was because it was being saved for that finale. Mm. Um, Real shame, just, uh, I would have loved, I loved the ideas they had for it there, but um, who knows, it could always be used again in future, you know?
0: I mean, I think we're definitely going to see Coruscant again.
1: Oh, yeah, I just mean that specific, like... Almost deserted, uh, like fascist overrun yeah. mega city. I was like, "That's a really cool like endpoint for it in that narrative." But uh, by digress, it did feel a bit. Maybe it's just cited the volume, the limitations again. The whole where they're fighting, it feels like a level, a level from an old fighting game. It's right. I don't know if you played one of that, like a Tekken um, game. And it did get me thinking. Like, damn, I want one of those. I'd love a new like Star Wars fighting game be pretty fun it's not the I deepest mean, you, fort i've had but it's like hmm pretty I mean,
0: cool man, sometimes we just need a good fighting game we I do <laughs> um just hit people with lightsabers yeah um i love this thing man I, I and i what i love so much about it was um some of the little details about it like and how it's like setting up attack of the clones I, like i said i think it's really interesting that they decided to put it you know where it seems like pre-attack of the clones because you know, you got Obi Wan who holds his blade out in his ready stance that he had differently back in the day. It's the st- the same stance that he does to Dooku before in their duel in Attack of the Clones, and like by the time we get to Revenge of the Sith, he's got the you know the iconic stance that everyone's sort of hoping we get in this final episode, um, which would be fun. I, you know, those are little callbacks I do appreciate. They
1: yeah. they've still avoided. And sorry, I thought it would. I thought it was going to happen in this one. I thought he was going to say bloody hello there. When he was outside that door talking to Reva, you know, they've avoided yeah, it. They've avoided it. i so tell you
0: close. what. We are so. I'll tell you what. I, I do want my. So this is my selfishness coming out. I do want the stance. The stance, know, the two, yes. The two finger stance. Love it because I think that's a nice callback. And and, it, and I actually think it says a lot about his character as well. Um, the hello there. Uh,
1: not for the memes. I, I, won't, no, I won't have No, not really. for the
0: memes. No. Because also, like, if i think you could have got away with it in episode one or two i think having it in the fa- final episode where so much is at stake where is he gonna say it dropping in vader no come on let's <laughs> that just uh, it would yeah so yeah no hello there please i think I, I i am actually at the point where i'm like yeah no don't want that
1: i can't help but feel he might say it to baby luke or whatever but maybe uh, uh, please, maybe please let's not <laughs>
0: we'll we'll see
1: And Um, just for fans of that pose as well, watch Rebels. It's really cool. It's really good. It's pretty good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I also love, like,
0: we kind of talked about earlier of, um, like, the relationship between Anakin and Obi Wan. And, like, this is such a bright moment between them, you know, because in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, they do have their little moments. But primarily, it's Obi-Wan giving Anakin a bit of a, a telling off. You know, he's always a bit grumpy with him. And Anakin's a bit dour most of the time, obviously, especially in Revenge of the Sith. So, and this is what some fans at the time had some criticisms about the prequels, which I understand, you know, they didn't quite feel the brotherhood between those two in those films as much as they maybe wanted. I can understand that. I think there is some brotherhood scenes in there that, you know, does the job for me. But, for, yeah, it was really nice to see a true, happy moment between them. because It's really, like, you know, Anakin's got this rage underneath, but it's a really tender moment, and it ends with some instruction from Obi-Wan. Yes. But with, a, but with a compliment and a pat on the back. Like, we also see Coruscant in a lot of ways, and it's normally dark and gloomy, but to see the beautiful blue skies, you know, I'll take any moment I can get with Obi-Wan and Anakin having moments of bonding, Like, we all grew up with Kenobi's line and New Hope. You know, he was a cunning warrior and a good friend. I want to see as many moments of that as possible, personally. Like, even though Anakin has literally been taught a lesson and doesn't win the fight, it's still a moment of mentorship and brotherhood, beautiful blue sky behind them, and (laughs) the utter power of the beginning of the episode of jumping from a beautiful sparring lesson to Vader in a dark, desolate place saying... I will break Kenobi. I I think really powerful opening to have, you know, have that and then to immediately go to Vader to basically say, I'm going to destroy this guy. <laughs> love it, man. I love how it sets up Attack of the Clones. I love how it presents their f- relationship. Great stuff.
1: Yeah, but uh, I, uh, I still want to see him in that Nesta Gundarks. Uh, uh, do you uh, want to see that? It's a dream. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> or that
0: or that bit that business on Kate and that doesn't, doesn't count doesn't, doesn't, doesn't count <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do you have like a, a head cannon moment where this takes place like do you think after this sparring match they're gonna go to dex's diner for a burger or are they gonna go off to see padme
1: i think i did have and i said it as a joke to you in the chat like my little head cannon of why um why Anakin specifically looks older in this? Is this when he's having his, those terrible dreams? So he's not been <laughs> sleeping very well. <laughs> but that was just a bit of fun. I'm having. No, I'm not having a go at Hayden Christensen at all. He looks like very. I think very he, handsome looks he looks great. He yeah, looks he's, great. Yeah, he's aged pretty yeah. really nicely. He actually looks now like.
0: Apparently, they did use a bit of de aging technology.
1: On his hair, <laughs> like. Uh, well, yeah, that's see what I mean. It.
0: Yeah, I I didn't see much of it because my first thought was, oh, they haven't deaged
1: him, and it, and then my s- second thought was like, amazing, I love that. Maybe he just has freakishly smooth hands in that scene. We just haven't noticed. Yeah, but, uh,
0: yeah, because it is, he's got both hands as well, so it is definitely pre-attack of the clones.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, as for um, as for other headcanon around it, not specifically, because um, I'm trying to remember they. At the start of Attack of the Clones, they're coming back from a mission.
0: A borders dispute on Ancyon.
1: Oh, was that in a comic? Did I read that one?
0: I don't know. They did. Like I've got so I I've got my own funny headcanon, but you go on. Oh, okay.
1: God, I know I'm worried about border disputes. What are they doing at the border? Um, yeah, not so much, I'm afraid. I, I don't have any fun answers for this one. This is just more of... of I, I know when it's happening and I... I loved it, it's there. I love seeing these yeah. these costumes. I'm not I'm not like I always try to avoid being nostalgic, but sometimes there's saying about like the textures and the, the feel of those films that stick with me more than the events almost. Do you, do you ever have that? I mean that's Trisha bigger
0: Trisha Bigger, who did the costume design on the prequels, did a incredible job. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the things that I think that pre- every a lot of people were like, yeah, the the costumes though in the prequels, amazing.
1: And yeah. I know so, some might take umbrage with such a restraint flashback, but I, I think that's the power of it. Because I, you know, I was thinking if they did a flashback in Clone Wars, it'd be like, oh, there's Tamira Morrison as a hundred uh, guys. There's yeah. Rosario there's Dawson Rex. de-aged or something, yeah. you know. There,
0: there's Rex. There's Cody. Like, yeah.
1: Oh look, Yoda's on a hologram. <laughs> It would just be too much, and it's just like, well, now it's just meaningless things that don't pertain to the themes, and it, that's why this is so good. I, I almost want them to just make, if they do a season two, I would love it if it was just set in this time period, with them looking like they do, just having some kind of adventure. Wouldn't that be fun?
0: That would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, why they've not? They've done it for this. They've done it, and they've, they've both, and McGregor and Hayden Kristen have both said, hey, we'd like to do more, if possible, so... Yeah. <laughs> Do it, yeah. Mm. I know some fans are like, oh more Kenobi." I'm like, "All right, well, don't watch it then." Like, <laughs> that's, that's that's all I could say. They, uh, they oh, great, more like. sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my head can. I mean, it's not serious. This is just me having a bit of fun. And you know how much how much I love my decks. Um, <laughs> my head canon is this: they have this sparring match. They go to Dex's diner. They're like, "Right, I'll treat you to to a meal. We got a cup of Jawa juice." Um, as soon as they sit down and they're they're, they're food arrives you get mace windu on the hologram saying hey we need you to sort out a border dispute nancy on
1: and is it like a comedy <laughs> cut where anakin's about to take a bite bobby-wan grabs is like come on come on
0: yeah something like that he oh man
1: and dex, see you later dex, dex is like oh, it's on the house or something this is turning yeah. into another one of our sitcom ideas hey man they happen alarmingly I, 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 regularly I'm, I'm, I'm
0: still hoping for, for a Dex appearance at the end.
1: Uh, do you know what? I just wanted to give... What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to give credit because it. this is the last time I'll do it this episode, talking about a different show. But uh, my favorite show on TV right now is Better Call Saul, which is, of course, a prequel to Breaking Bad, and which just wisely, all the characters who return, no attempt at de-aging. Some of them look noticeably older or different. And like this, it doesn't matter one bit because they're yeah. actors and people watching know this stuff isn't real. So it doesn't need to be 100% accurate, you know?
0: And if you're doing a big age gap like Mark Hamill and the Luke Skywalker in that time period, just cast another actor.
1: Just cast another actor. They're out there. That's they're the cool thing there. about actors. Is there's you know a lot what? Of in in, f-
0: in fact, the stunt double that was the body of Luke Skywalker... Very much looks like Mark Hamill. It does <laughs> so. Just give him the job. <laughs>
1: he, he might even be a good actor. Just give him a chance. He Look, is
0: that's... an actor. He he is a working actor.
1: Oh, sorry. I thought. Oh, I thought he was just like a a stunt guy. No, saying. no, no. No, he, he, well,
0: no he's um, what he's like. He is actually a working actor. Oh, wow. So, well, let's see his face. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, cool. Right. Um, yeah, I also think it's like the, the this little final thing on the Spider, I think like it's really leading into what they debate in Attack of the Clones as well. You know, Anakin rushing in to face Dooku and not thinking and, you know, Anakin practicing his uh, his, uh, sword skills as much as his wit. He would rival Master Yoda, all that stuff. And I also think it's a really great training moment for Obi-Wan. You know, we we talk a lot about how much he failed Anakin. That seems to be the big thing in this show. But this really seems like he's like, okay, he's really powerful. He's an amazing warrior and he's leaning into that, which isn't all bad. So how can I see where he's going and meet him halfway and compliment him, but also give him a lesson? Mm. It, it just feels like we're about to enter Attack of the Clones because that's where his sort of headspace is at.
1: Mm. Cool. And it's just great just because you said, because they never really had time in the prequels, unfortunately, is to just see an actual lesson between Master and Apprentice. Because there's just too much other stuff going on, you know. There, yes, none of it <laughs> yes. would fit. The one lesson is uh, this: weapon is your life, which is something that I don't feel is a great lesson. I feel like that no. is a, a flawed idea that he gave up on later on in life. But uh, I mean,
0: yeah, he's swapped lightsabers plenty of times. Or and, he uh, just doesn't
1: use one now. He just gives it to um, no. he gives it to Kingo. <laughs>
0: God, Kingo's gonna be a Jedi in Eternals too. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Right, so uh, last one on canon connections, which is a pretty big one. Uh, somehow, the Grand Inquisitor has returned. <laughs> I mean, come on, like I don't know, I don't even know why this was a thing where, when it was out. I couldn't believe that certain fans were like, "Why you're breaking canon by killing the Grand?" Inquisitor? I was like, you know, these people, I, <laughs> they're clued into the canon. They know they've got a lot of people working on it, making sure everything you know fits and flows narratively. Uh, they're not going to kill the Grand Inquisitor. They're making a point by killing the Grand Grand Inquisitor. And the point was <laughs> the snarky line from the Grand Inquisitor as he talks to Reva. Uh, Revenge does wonders for the will to live, don't you think? <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, Niall, but I'm, um, I am I really like the Grand Inquisitor in, th- in this Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I think Rupert Friend is doing a great job. Uh, you mentioned off-air he's bringing a big se- uh, a sense of pantomime to his performance, which I love. I think that is part of like the flavor of Star Wars, If especially if you're leaning into that sort of serial Flash Gordon style of storytelling where the villains are so campy and pompous and... Have these monologues almost like a bond I can imagine the Grand Inquisitor <laughs> as a
1: Bond villain <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mr. Bond, you thought you killed me, did you? <laughs> what what an ironic surname he has. Rupert friend. Friend, yeah, he's not a friend Rupert. at all. And with that makeup, I was I don't know about you, I was getting major joker vibes.
0: Joker vibes. Yeah, big
1: joker <laughs> vibes. <laughs> saying it cracks me up, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I, I get I don't know about you as well, about his appearance, but you know, because there was obviously when the trailers were out and stuff, everybody was talking about the head and all that. I have no problem with the head. I think it, it's fine. What I do have a problem with is his trousers. I did not <laughs> they're, notice. The they're, they're they're just a bit they don't look quite well fitted. They just look a bit poofy and out and I'm just like okay, you could maybe sort out the trousers a bit. <laughs> but his head, absolutely fine.
1: You're right, Jake. This is a terrible show now.
0: The trousers ruined it. <laughs> I'm not going
1: to finish it. They've broken canon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couldn't get the trousers right.
1: Um... No, I I, I don't have a problem with the makeup. It's just the, the fact that oh god, what's it, what's his name? It was like T.S. Mida or whoever in, in episode three, the the one who. Oh yeah, yeah. Just looks so cool. Like that is great makeup, and this is just like again, like kind of the TV version, which is fine. I believe I believe in Revenge of the Sith that dude is played by. The actor who's in like the old Mad Max movies plays like the gyro pilot, which is just really cool. You know, God bless. Mm -hmm. I think he's passed away since, uh, unless I'm mistaken. But Bruce Spence, was that his name?
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I'm rambling. I just want to talk about Mad Max a little, but I'll cut myself off. But (laughs) I think you got that from the Making of Revenge of the Sith
0: by J.W. Rinsler.
1: I most likely did, which is, again, recommend to any listeners looking for a great behind the scenes book good stuff so what are your thoughts on uh gi coming back and
0: this whole uh, like i in a way like i don't know how much more clearer sometimes star wars can be in that the whole point of people coming back is that the only ones that come back are villains they cling to life they can't let go that's why all the jedi just you know pass away great gracefully because they know when their time has come I just don't understand how some people have a problem comprehending this <laughs> denial. Where, where do you lie on all I
1: disagree with you on that slightly, just okay. because I think there's a lot of cases where it can work, but sometimes, like, and it's something I do talk about a lot as well, you know, for my sins, is I don't love just how often certain characters come back. And this isn't just Sith, that's the thing. It's not just dark side people. It's just, like, bloody... Um, most of the sail barge to seems to be okay and still kicking. Things like that. I just don't think it's as narratively satisfying. Max Rebo satis- lives. Yeah. It's not as narratively <laughs> satisfying in a lot of cases for me. But in this case, this guy was never gone. Because we literally all knew he wasn't dead. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it, it was, it's all there. And I think the way they actually use that, as like, this is why Vader knows what's up, is really cool that Vader was playing her this whole time. It's just... Sorry, but that's just great villain stuff, you know? Man, that, the twist, like, the way it hit me
0: the first time when Reva's having the flash between Vader approaching her to stab her and Anakin as well. Mm. Like, for me, like, they're both reliving the trauma in that moment. Like, and I th- I love the twist because, you know, it's al- almost like Thanos, you know, in a lot of these type of stories, we'd have that moment. Uh, you know, like, uh, what, is, what does he Thanos say of, like, So you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are, sort of thing. Uh, And you would normally get a lot of these type of moments in this stuff, but I love that Vader says, did you really believe I did not see it, youngling? And when he says the youngling, like, it just feels like Reva was brought to the Inquisitors. He remembered her at least, or at least sensed what she was about the entire time. The way that line struck me on an emotional level, though, is that Vader remembers everyone he slaughtered, or at least every jedi he's slaughtered um i don't think it's like implicit in the line but that's the way i connected to it that's how he knows who he is who she is because he remembers every single one of the jedi he slaughters because it lives with him and he goes through it every day reliving that pain and trauma am i pulling too much from that or what do you think Nile?
1: um no i don't know i think that's perfectly valid I like the way, again, it, like, just owns what he did in a lot of ways. You know, him even bringing that word. Because, obviously, that is, like, a, a, a slightly memed aspect to that film. Masses every line, I suppose. Yeah. Is it him killing younglings and that whole thing? And the fact he says it again is just pretty great. You know, he's so fair gone. He's not the guy who was, like, shedding a single masculine tear on Mustafa He's just like, you know, uh, not anymore. this is who I am. He's... I, I killed those kids, I killed and I'm going to kill you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I killed you, so I'll kill you again. <laughs> I have no complaints. And he doesn't oh. even
1: do it. He's like, maybe I'll kill you next next season.
0: <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> uh, See, oh, So good. It's fun, stuff. Uh, I but s- yeah, the Grand Inquisitor coming back was fun, though, and I think it just plays on the big themes of what the villains are, are doing. And even Reva, she's like... I'm not dying. <laughs>
1: suppose, I'm going to go after Luke now. I suppose what bounces us out, though, is I, I'm not too annoyed by the whole stabbing, not dying thing. Really, it's just like a slight thing. But, you know, we got one character gone for good this week. It's uh, the great Tala. Yes. Who I um, yes. was a big fan of. I thought she was a really cool character. And in the nicest way possible, I'm, I'm glad she's dead. Because I think she she did a great job. And it was a great way to go out.
0: It, pa- it pains me to agree with you, Niall, but yeah. Because I, I really love this character. I think it's a really great character, and it was very fitting how she went out. I got to admit, it, I got a bit uh, choked up when like Ned B mm. was like going over her, and he's getting a shot on the back.
1: Oh, Actions speak m- louder than words, it's true.
0: Oh, man, and then, and th- well, you say that, but then those f- her final words, may the force be with you.
1: Mm. Oh, man, so Good. So good. My only slight complaint, and this is completely nonsensical, is just because we were shown earlier in the season that B with a hammer.
0: (laughs) Oh, did you want to see him take out some deer?
1: I wanted him to be like the Michael Myers of the episode, going around just (laughs) brutally hacking people.
0: I mean, well, let's talk about some of the cool action minutes because on that, I thought, even though he wasn't brutally <laughs> hacking people, I did get a lot of joy of him throwing stormtroopers into the wall.
1: Great stuff. Great stuff.
0: <laughs> some, like Great Star Wars action here. Um, Star Wars loves a hallway, mm. you know, uh, and I and I just thought Obi-Wan, you know, when the doors open and he does that epic force push to Rave, I thought that was mm. really cool. And then when all the stormtroopers come in and Obi-Wan with the lightsaber just giving it to them, you know, defending the people blasting and then when he's like trying to get to tala he's actually slicing these stormtroopers um there's nothing deep or emotional or like thematic i'm just like this is just good star wars lightsaber action yeah but what what do you think of the before we get into like the stuff at the end what do you think of overall like the the shootout and obi-wan like kicking ass with his lightsaber
1: i thought it was i thought it was really really well done this just like deborah chow i think is one of the most efficient directors who works on these things and i think she's just got a really good idea of like how to pace action which is really which you need because otherwise these things would be so lopsided as much as i said when coming into the show i hope it's just obi-wan being depressed in a cave (laughs) which you know i still would have liked but it, it, no one else would have in the universe so i think i i, I probably would have enjoyed you also something. would have yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what that's why we run the show dude that's right but well, uh, it's
0: pro- is it's partly why you know what like i said up top one of my favorite episodes is probably episode one i really love that opening episode of him just in the desert being depressed
1: him in the desert being depressed working like a terrible retail at, job or <laughs> yeah, factory at, work. The me- at the meat shop I do hope in the final episode, I will say, I hope he does give that guy what for running that meat shop. Oh, yeah. That'd be a nice way to tie it all up, wouldn't it? Yeah, if that would be nice. a stand up.
0: Don't, I can't expectations, Niall. So um, yeah, um, just, I won't be it, it does nice. happen. It's just a, no, it seems like it, a nice that, little... That would be nice. And he stands up to him finally. And he's like, no, yeah. I'm, defending, I'm defending this guy. Oh, you just done. see at
1: the end he just gets fired it's like what a bum <laughs> note to end the show <laughs> get out of here <laughs> I, ho- I hope someone's taking care of his camel his uh, anti oh he's, camel he's, uh, his Oopie
0: his e- e- Oopie e- Oopie, e- Oopie. Uh, which um, in my head canon um, I'm gonna I- I'm gonna say that the the Oopie's name is rue because in that in that Kenobi novel by John Jackson Miller that's now not canon you know oh, the Legends yet. one um he the Hizieope is called Rue, so in my head canon, I'm just like. yeah, Roo. Well,
1: I hope he didn't name it Satina or anything. That'd be really oh, depressing. That'd be really god. God, oh no. And that again, poor... I I respect that they've not made any reference to that. I've I know a lot of people. I love that story in that show, but it's a great I, story. I think it's just too alienating for people who come into this who don't know it. And I think that's absolutely fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like more to say to Star Wars fans out there, because I I can be like that as well. Sometimes we almost get caught in the bubble of Star Wars Mm. um, that I will, I'm pretty confident that more people, the the people who are watching this show, I would say more of them haven't seen Clone Wars than have. 100%. I would even say probably 25% maybe have seen it.
1: But this is, um, am I wrong? Is this, or at least was the first episode the highest viewed thing Disney Plus has made so far? but uh, It is uh,
0: Disney Plus's most successful uh, TV show to date, yeah.
1: Because I don't know if we ever got any kind of statement for how that final season of Clone Wars did, but I, I can't imagine it was anywhere near this. And I think, unfortunately, they will always or be... Ma-
0: or Mandalorian.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I, I think there's always going to be a disparity... Anyway, between the live action and the an- and the animation, in that sense, not in terms of I'm quality, for, but just in terms of, general it's just vision. the way it is. Yeah, it's it's just the way it I is. I think I'm we talked about right. this so much, but yeah, I know it's a but, real shame. But, yeah, so, but it, you
0: know, it's a it's a topic that I, I'm you know I'm I um. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? You're I'm really about. passionate about. Yeah, yeah, because I think animation, you know, deserves yeah. its due. But oh, 100%. You know, that's an, that's another episode of this podcast.
1: But it, it is um, just so cool that this is their first one with like, you know, a, a really well-known movie star. And isn't that something, you know? Mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah. Ewan McGregor. Um, and, you know, she's,
0: she's not a movie star, but she's a big TV star. He's in Varma as well as Tala. Oh, of so, course. Yeah, yeah. as, so,
1: as a headliner, I, I just meant. I
0: also, I I like that she, I like, um, it's satisfying in a way that she got this death as an actor because I knew that she was actually kind of bummed out that she never got to die on screen in Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, but she got such a horrible ending.
0: Well, yeah, in the the books. Yeah, apparently in the books, I have not read the books, but apparently in the books, it's very, it's quite a horrible ending. Um, And she apparently really wanted to do it in the show, but they opted not to do it. So she gets her
1: heroic uh, death in this, in Obi-Wan Kenobi. It'd be funny if this is like exactly how it's described in Game of Thrones. It's like she gets attacked by stormtroopers and a robot. It's like, oh, this is perfect. We'll just use that.
0: Right. So let's get into the the biggest action moment probably of uh, the episode. And that is uh,
1: Vida. 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 Living La Vida Vida Loca. (laughs) Living the Vida Loca. Oh, my God. Weird Al Yankovic will make that song
0: yeah one day uh it'll be Daniel Radcliffe at this point (laughs) um (laughs) um so yeah Vader versus Reva and before that Vader (laughs) bringing down the ship with the force as it's taken off bringing it down and then ripping off those uh doors only to find that it's empty what have I said with all this power everything that you can do and what do you get nothing you still get nothing at the end of it um but on that, I think it's kind of cool. I can't deny I got a big kick out of just, Va- you know, Vader is known as a badass. Yes, he's a tortured soul, and we have to look at all the the thematic side of him and stuff like that. But, it, you know, he's also a cool badass does that does cool badass things, uh, and I thought this was one of them. But you don't probably agree with me, do you, Now
1: I don't love it. It's, it's just a bit extreme for me, and it's that thing. And I hate to say it, it does a bit of like, oh, if he could do that, why didn't he do like this, 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 this? And I hate to be that guy, but I think this is why I think we were talking a bit early about Force Unleashed and why that never sat so well with me, is like this character pulling Star Destroyers out of orbit. I was like, uh, you know, it's... I, I almost don't mind him pulling the ship down as much as uh, him tearing it apart then. I don't know. i mm. um, I don't want to be like a. Well, that's not how it works. Because obviously it works however they want it to work, but it's just not. It just doesn't click with what I like. I can't even articulate this. Do you know when you just have an idea in your head of something, and it contradicts it? And it's like just trying to. Do you mean
0: like it's like your not your sort of view of how the force works essentially.
1: Or just fade it. Like if he pulled it down and actually went in, I'd love that. If he did like his own like breach of it. But obviously yeah. that doesn't work for the shot they want to do. Mm. And um I don't know. I suppose yeah. if he's just tearing things like that in parrot, like God knows what he could do to Ben. Man. That's true. It's scary stuff. Yeah. I think uh,
0: the way I took it was that, that he just expended all his energy doing that. <laughs> so that's why he couldn't do it again. It's like a video game. Uh,
1: his four spare was empty. His, ex- his
0: XP went down. Yeah. Like, um, used it all up.
1: Oh, don't worry. Um, I bought a potion. <laughs>
0: Ooh, I found a mysterious box with a new gear. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I, I I got a kick out
0: of it, but I will say what I did get, I did more enjoy was the fight between Vader and Riva. I do think there's a lot of thematic weight, but how he fights her and he's not even trying. Like he's just like taking her lightsaber away. She's doing the spinning thing. He slows it down with the force, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, to then just no, I'll take that away from you. <laughs> Here's your half. Um, and just, like, how he also kind of reminded me of um, It-Man. You know, those, <laughs> like, the way he was, like, dodging yeah. and stuff like that. She's just just tiring her out, like, not even br- uh, breaking a sweat. Like, not, I, I, got a lot, I got a lot of kick out of this. What do you think?
1: And not done in, like, a silly way where it's, like, some, like, CGI version of him, like, flipping around it. It's still very, no. like, in character of how he moves. I love that he just, he treats her lightsaber like a Kit Kat and just shares it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so... That was so cool. He doesn't even like. I'm not even using my one on you because that one I use for real things. For, for you're real, not a real yeah. thing. Oh, he's so sassy. Like this, <laughs> this feels like a new Hope Vader almost. Just how like bitchy it is.
0: Oh yeah, he, I think he's got to the point where he's just so like, ugh, like f off. You know, you just you're so below me.
1: Like <laughs> I don't have time to deal with you. And again, um, there's a little parallel between like how Luke. Troll's Kylo later on in the series. Just doing this, there a, this but for there like, is a little bit of that. For for the, like the right reasons, not just to be a complete ass. <laughs> <laughs> but this is yeah, this was great. This is is so unique as well. It's it's really uh, a joy hmm. to see. I just
0: like I just liked. Him just using different force techniques with her, you know, just like pushing it or stopping the lightsaber and things like that. Yeah.
1: Um, I, I just thought it was really neat. You know, It's is funny, like following up, like a use of it I really didn't like with a hundred I did to like balance it out almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. I, I like this more than like the episode three fight. I think this is a lot more interesting. I know obviously that one wasn't really a fight. It was more like a, a, massacre, <laughs> a massacre on one man. Yeah. But this was just... Yeah, this is so cool. Good stuff. Um,
0: right, again, let's go into some maybe funny moments or like whimsical or anything like that before we head out. Um, again, there wasn't many. It was quite a very serious episode, but what? we sort of already talked about Haja Estri. Like he brought the sort of comedic relief. Allegedly. I did like a couple of his... Well, not maybe not for you so much. <laughs> I did like his kind of lines with Leia and stuff like that, like the, their little banter going on. Um, <laughs> I just thought this was pretty whimsical like the cutest little restraining bolt on lola like <laughs> that little tiny thing i don't know i just thought that was really cute um, i already mentioned the snarky and pulpy grand inquisitor with his weird trousers uh, i just i thought it was really funny and this is like you know it's not comedy or whimsy it's just it is more sort of like just anakin's playful nature in the flashback i don't know like you know like i said we always we see him primarily in the prequels very frustrated very sort of emo a lot of the time, very depressed. It was just nice to see a bit of playful nature, you know, to see him as that, you know, Jedi with so much potential, you know?
1: Can I say, um, it wasn't intended as funny, but I quite liked the whole uh, thing with Bale being like, yeah, I, I know I promised not to call, but it's like, <laughs> oh, God damn it, you shouldn't have done it, man. And it's just, you yeah. know, it, it's perfectly understandable for his character, um, why he would be calling his daughter has been kidnapped but um, mm. I do love that it sheds a bit of light on their plans on what to do in a situation like this that he is going to go to Tatooine and I think that's all really interesting all the links that you learn about in this mm. um, that's
0: why I think you know that meeting that they have in Revenge of the Sith mm. where they're deciding what to do with the twins Like, I think in the movie, we've got a very shortened version of that meeting. Like, I think they're laying down plans and contingencies. Like, if this happens, I'm going to go to you and all this.
1: There's just like so many cups of coffee on that table.
0: That's what I mean. That's why, like, in in episode one, when Bale's like, you know, calling Obi-Wan and, and you know, she's just important. And, you know, remember, I'm just in my head canon. It's like, hey, man. Remember the deal that we signed like uh, 10 years ago? We have like, got a
1: situation 1284 as per our we, agreement. Yeah, the agreement. You know, remember the contract you signed? Oh no, <laughs> is that the one where if they meet and kiss? It's like, no, no, no. Uh-oh. Not that. No. That wouldn't happen. No, no. We're not we're not there yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um yeah, fun stuff. Um Oh, one last little thing. Uh did you direct, did you recognize any of those lightsabers? General Grievous would be very happy seeing that uh, collection over there.
1: Uh I didn't. I actually, I did mean to go back and look, and I just absolutely forgot to. Um, did Fair you Fair enough.
0: No, I, I did not recognize any, no. Uh, I, I did pause, try to look. One looked very similar to Qui-Gon's, um, mm. which obviously it wouldn't be Qui-Gon's, because, you know. Uh, but, yeah, but there was something in Obi-Wan's reaction to that. I, I didn't know whether it was like, oh, I know who's that is or, Oh, there's just lightsabers there sort of thing. Because you know, if, if this weapon is your life um, and in like the construction of your lightsaber is quite a unique and individual thing, then most light like, hilts would be unique and you would maybe recognize them specific to a certain Jedi. I don't know. I don't know. That's just where I'm sort of
1: my head. Yeah. I hope it's not just, it's not like a Easter egg box. I hope it's just, it's like what it is—the symbol of all those that things. It's
0: Quinlan Vos's lightsaber.
1: Or imagine if you just stopped and went through them was like, oh, and this character from the novel. Oh no! This character that. from the sticker book. From the visual dictionary. Oh, this one was in Lego Star. You know, just oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't got any of that though. No. Uh,
0: cool. Is there anything we haven't mentioned that you wanted to bring up about this
1: episode? Um. Why? Well, I just suppose it's like the promise for the final episode that we will be going back to Tatooine, not the other Skywalker is going to be like more heavily involved than we'd think. So.
0: (sighs) Or just as a
1: MacGuffin.
0: Yeah. This is where uh, I'm. I'm obviously I'm just going to wait for the episodes to come out, whatever story they decide to tell. I'm cool with it, but I'm just thinking in my head. So I'm trying to like almost piece it together. Like, are we going to go to Tatooine first and sort out Reva? Is that going to tie in with Vader? Or are you going to go to Vader first and then go to Reva? Um, is is he like going to confront Vader, but then like he realizes that Reva's got Luke and he has to leave Vader? I, I don't know. I've I got a thousand questions in my head saying, um, going into the finale. But where's
1: your head at? My head is I don't know about Vader in this episode. I haven't really thought about it. As I said, I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind at all. If this is that's the last we saw of him, is him losing Kenobi, and the next episode is all about Kenobi and Reva and that. Um, I will say, I've got a feeling that Reva's in a situation where she's like keeping herself alive through like spite because she now she knows about the son of Skywalker, she wants to get revenge. Like, you killed all my child kid friends, I'm gonna kill your son because she knows who he is, and I feel like. She will through some story machination learn to let go and pass away peacefully, like we said, like kind of more of the Jedi way. Mm. That's just what I have in mind. I think that would be like kinda of nice if she So got... do you
0: think do you think she's she's gone after after this? Or do you think uh Do you think here we go, the big Star Wars question. Is she gonna be redeemed and die, or is she gonna be redeemed and live on, or is she just gonna die a villain?
1: I think it's it's gonna be hmm. Not like a redemption, but more like she she stops. Because I think she's always been in the mind of, like, kind of troubled by how far she's had to go to this point. And I think at a certain point, like, her happy ending is getting to finally be at peace, you know? And I think it would be nice. I don't need to see her, like, get killed in a fight or something. I think not even a heroic sacrifice, just a, a stop. A stop that'll be oh yeah, cuz she's a force of nature and i think it'd be nice for her to like sit down and just be done
0: mhm
1: a uh, great character and that's why like i said with tala who i also really liked i'm i'd love it if she died <laughs> it's makes it sound like i just hate women or something but no no, I just, no, no I that's not, not the characters. case people Please, <laughs> i want listeners <laughs> <them> to know i want her to die <laughs> that's, that's not the case i hope uh, they get Peru <laughs> too no. Actually, uh, well, they we just seen... released a
0: poster yeah. of Aunt Beru. So I'm like, oh, yeah, she's going to probably pop up in the...
1: That's some merch I'd like, some Uncle Owen and Aunt, Beru Aunt Beru. posters. I'm
0: looking forward to some more uh, Grumpy o- Owen
1: stuff. I do feel like if my thing I said about Revit doesn't work out, it will be Owen shooting her in the back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I never thought about Owen being the one to get her. That it, and it makes sense because they established that sort of um, confrontation at the beginning, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Oh man! Well done. I think there was like an old comic. Uh, it was like the older you, where mole comes back, and I think Uncle Owen stops him with Obi Wan. <laughs> I think he shoots him. Well, if I might be remem- making that up.
0: If you remember, I think I think it was the Return of the Jedi novelization where yeah. it revealed that Ben Kenobi was Owen's uh, a brother. <laughs>
1: i I did know a guy he was really annoying because he grew up like around the time of that film so he had a trading card that said that and he would still say he'd be like no this is this is true this is still canon i'd be like how would that make any sense (laughs) at all (laughs) i I admire his dedication because that's the kind of nonsense i latch onto as well but as i said with reva you gotta let it go you just gotta stop You just gotta stop yeah yeah well it sounds like a good time for us to wrap up almost it is
0: i mean yeah i mean that yeah i want to Reaver's character wrap-up, obviously, but, you know, uh, this is where I disagree with you. you know, I I, I want there to be a duel. You know? Like, it's, it's part of the reason why I'm here. Like, it's, it's, you know, like... I
1: think this episode was a duel of wits, so I think I, it was. I, I,
0: as I said, I agree with you, and as I said up top, this is kind of what I was more looking forward to rather than the physical fight, the psychological rematch of the century. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't wanting an actual lightsaber duel of these two with emotional weight behind it, of course, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think we're leading to that. I hope we get it. We'll see what happens. Tomorrow. Um, and tomorrow, and and of course, Qui-Gon I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> as well. So, yeah. so a lot to wrap up, Leia and all of that sort of stuff. So very excited. Um, man, I've been loving this show from uh, from the first episode onwards. I think it's it's fantastic, and I can't wait for it to see it wrapped up. All right, so, uh, right, let's get out of here then, Niall. Uh, We'll see everyone, or you can hear us, (laughs) um, next week as we release our finale episode. Um, Unfortunately, you won't be with us, will you,
1: Niall? No, I will be uh, also in a very, very warm, yet somehow hospitable environment. I'll be on holiday in Portugal.
0: Very nice. Mm. So you'll be uh, with us in spirits on the sands of Lisbon. But Are you in Lisbon? Uh, no, Farrow. Faro, Oh, of, down it's like south. more
1: obscure, yeah. yeah. It's very nice because that means I get to listen to you guys as a, as a fan of the show. I'd probably yes. go crazy thinking of all like the, the nonsense I would have spouted, but uh, I might go back well, and re-edit it and just throw in some quips just to be a jerk. <laughs> Make my that own weed actually, and cut.
0: That would actually be kind of funny you <laughs> did <laughs> Uh, but even if you don't do that, you know, next time you're on, we'll definitely get your your thoughts on, on the finale. Oh, we've got more um, to come. Yeah, we've definitely got more to come. Uh, so, yeah, stu- uh, stay tuned for that, people, where I will be coming back with Dave. Uh, Dave making his first appearance on the show <laughs> for Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Dave, maybe the biggest like prequel guy I know it's either yeah. him or you and he's not been able to be on a single episode of the show <laughs> no ridiculous he's been,
0: he's been all over the place yeah. but uh, very very excited to get Dave on to get his you know his full thoughts of, of the whole show really mm. so that's going to be a lot of fun so stay tuned for that uh, so Niall um, while you're on the beach in Portugal
1: where can the people find you online ooh online uh, well I'll be yeah, not not at the beach yeah I was scared to <laughs> say like what hotel are you staying at uh, no don't just don't <laughs> we, give that information. we've got a huge viewership listenership in Faro Portugal but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah you can always find me on Twitter at Niall the Glynn um, yeah I'll be, I'll be posting about the show as well so if um, if you're missing my thoughts on the episode check out some you know stuff I'll say little quippy things I hope I love it I hope it's everything we want because everything has been so far which is unexpected you know it's usually with a little caveat for me but i'm so into this um yeah i don't really have many projects to plug at the moment to be honest um you'll be excited jake to learn next month i'll be on a my friend's podcast discussing the very bizarre shack movie steel based on the dc comics steel i've never seen that
0: I watched it in... Um, I can't remember which one, but one of the lockdowns. <laughs> it was one of the... Um, it was one of those. I watched it for the first time myself, and oh man, you're in for a ride. <laughs> I, I
1: Unfortunately, I've become the guy to get on to talk about the, the like infamously bad DC films. I've done the Halle Berry Catwoman, Superman 4, which I actually do love. Um, so I'm hoping steals more of my wavelength. I don't know anything <laughs> don't, about basketball. I just know Shaq as a guy. So... <laughs> I look forward to that.
0: Please, please message me as soon as you've watched that film. I will.
1: (laughs) I almost watched it today, even though I got very excited. But I digress. Yeah, that's coming out next month on the 250. So, yeah, good stuff ahead.
0: Nice, nice. And, uh, yeah, you can also catch me on Twitter at Sweaty Jake. Talking all things nerds, Star Wars, comic books, Dune, and other fun stuff like that. And also catch me on Letterboxd at Jake Hart to catch all my film logs. Uh, yeah, nothing to really plug at the minute. Uh, my podcast Capes, Cars, and Masks are still on a hiatus. We'll be coming back soon, probably very soon, with the release of Thor: Love and Thunder. So, what keep about an eye uh, out for you? That.
1: Doing any Miss Marvel talk at all, or is it going to be time?
0: Yes, we are probably going to be looking uh, at w- once the show finishes. Uh, we'll be doing like a sort of season review. It's very that, cute. Which I will. S- it's very good. It's very good. Very much enjoying that show. Uh, and then, yeah, for you, uh, Dune heads, all I say just just, <laughs> just keep your eyes peeled for something that's coming. Um so yeah and as for the show itself, you can find us the Monday Laureans on Twitter at Monday Lorians. And whether you use anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever, subscribe, follow us on there and whatever you can, please leave us a rating and a review as it all manipulates those algorithms to get us to the top of the charts and that way more people listen to us. So we'll see you all next week. This is the way.
1: This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.